really look at the states that women especially are in the United States today. And I see us as being this huge, powerful vehicle that could change the world if we unite. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, executive leadership coach, and author of the Be a Badass Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you integrate who you really are with what you do. I call that living a badass life. Are you with me? Let's go. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today on the show, I have Kelly Resendez. She is a mom, business executive, best-selling author, speaker, and influencer. She loves to help others with strategies to overcome self-sabotage and find more joy. She's the author of two books, Foundation to Sustainable Success and best-selling book, Big Voices. Kelly is passionate about helping people increase joy reduce suffering, and learn to think differently. She was introduced to me by a great friend, and I'm so excited to share our conversation with you because she and I have definitely had growth spurts that got us to where we are today. And we dive into so many topics in this conversation that I know you will enjoy. But most of all, I think you're going to walk away with some tools to help you navigate through self-sabotage, help you um, find your voice, and also jump into action towards that life you really want and figuring out how you integrate who you really are with what you do, what you know I am all about. So please enjoy this conversation. And of course, as you can, we'd love for you to see who's listening and um, either snap a photo on your phone and post it so we can know what is going on with you and what impact these conversations have had. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. This is Kareen and I am so excited to introduce Kelly Resendez to you. She and I got connected through a mutual contact and Of course, I had to have her on the show because she's all about empowering people to make great decisions in order to build a fulfilled life. So she and I have amazing alignment there, and I'd love to welcome you. Welcome, Kelly. Hi, Kareen. I'm super (laughs) excited to be here with you. I am too. And and, you know, the way I love to start out our conversation is for you to just share a little bit about your journey, about how you came to launching your latest book, Big Voices, and also um, just where you are today in feeling fulfilled in what you do. Yeah. So, you know, I would tell you that my journey started, I mean, pretty much 20 years ago. I was somebody that was an overachiever. I was doing very well career wise, but most every other area of my life was not doing well. And I loved, you know, the thrill of being a top producer. I was in the mortgage industry and just was somebody that was just, you know, kind of going through life where it just felt like Groundhog's Day. It was get up, work, go to bed, maybe go out, party on the weekends a little bit, but there wasn't a deep fulfillment in my life. And, you know, in the early 2000s, I had something that happened with my mom. She was only 57, and I definitely um, was mirroring the way that she lived. 
lived her life. Um, my mom was also somebody that was very driven and, and work oriented. And she got diagnosed with dementia. And literally the next couple years just opened up a whole new, you know, world of possibility for me that, you know, I would probably end up the same way. And I think that that fear kind of cracked me open a little bit. And I started to, you know, uncover things about myself that I just had never, I'd never had before. So, you know, I launched into the spiritual and consciousness space to begin with. And I tried that on for a long time and realized that my personality, you know, I am still a driver, I am still type A. You know, I needed to find a big balance. So, you know, my my true journey has really been going on for about 15 years, but it wasn't until the last five or six years that I realized that the key was really figuring out how to experience joy and suffering simultaneously. You know, we can't avoid challenges with our kids, with markets changing, with parents aging, with siblings having challenges. We can't avoid them, but we can certainly build an unshakable mindset. And you know, just deep feeling of joy and and hope that will guide us through those situations. And so, I also realized that you know, in in kind of running a smaller mortgage company of several years ago, that I needed to create more ands in my life. So I was able to launch two books and and write them, of course. But then you know, the coaching and training platforms behind them as well, and be able to to just kind of have it all. And I think that so many people believe that they can't. And I'm always about sharing that we can create whatever possibility for our life. Um, when we're willing to be vulnerable enough to ask for help. So that's kind of a my journey in a nutshell. It definitely had so many highs and lows from you know losing my mom subsequently to you know having a, a sibling with a mental health crisis and and just dealing with you know losing a home in a fire, the mortgage market, real estate market, I think having a couple meltdowns in there and yeah. and just being able to stay in a place where I don't stress, I don't you know, I don't project something that's going on internally. I don't seek externally and it. It's, it's work. And I've tried to create strategies to help people speed up that process a little bit so that they can experience, um, you know, joy regardless of whatever they're going through a little bit faster. You know, a lot of the times I really appreciate you sharing some of the background too and, and the personal challenges. Cause I feel like when we're trying to integrate life and work, or you know income earning and you know goals like it's just this amazing mindset is what is the underlining foundation for all of it to happen you know and I'm so I'm curious when you went through stressful moments because stress still happens it's how you choose to react to it that is really the up leveling you went through it's like you learn either you're um, resilient to a lot of strife a lot of challenges a lot of you know overwhelm and you and you push through it like a type a because I'm very similar in that way too it was just I would just jump into control and make things happen you know in order to find value in the pain. You know, it was just right. like it, it kind of has that contradiction. But then I had to learn about trigger management, what triggers me into the downward spiral that holds me back from being who I am, and how do I overcome those moments as fast as possible? Because the cycle still happens. It's just now you have new tools. So I'm curious, mm-hmm. like, what are the foundational tools that you leverage 
when those moments happen. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you um, for many years, because being on this journey for a long time, you know, I thought that I could think my way out of these situations much faster. And like you, I sought control. I wanted to, you know, it was just quick, conscious thinking. How can I find gratitude in this? But what I realized long term is that's not really the way that mm-hmm. we can stay um, in, our, in our highest power. So it's a combination between having the right mindset and also having an open heart and the ability to sit in the fire of whatever that emotion is that you're experiencing. Because our type A-ism believes that we shouldn't be having it. And we rob ourselves of something that is absolutely incredible when we can actually sit with an emotion and and match emotion for thought instead of emotion, thought, 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 thought. Like it, it really reduces anxiety. And so, you know, I, I have a trigger management plan that I coach people on that's much different than how most people go through it, which is, you know, really just identifying all the preferences that we have in life that trigger us. And, you know, stress is one of those things that we don't see as a choice. And I'm going to tell you it is. Mm-hmm. It is a choice because when we show up, detached, meaning I seek no control over this situation, whatever. And it, it, it absolutely is its work to get to a place of utter detachment and acceptance that you know when we sit with whatever it is that we're experiencing and it's like, okay, I'm really sad right now. Like my preference is, you know, whatever that is, because sometimes it's it, their preferences that are just never going to help us in life. You know, I look at my son, I love my 13-year-old son. And he has a learning disability. And it affects him considerably. And the triggers, of course, are he doesn't want to do the homework or he gets angry. Um, and then it, it's, it would be easy for me to be in a place where him and I just were butting heads every single day. But I had to get to the depth of my preference, which is really scary, which is I wish my son was like everybody else. Mm. Then when you really sit with that, you're like, oh, ooh, like... You know, what, what makes us who we are is our uniqueness. And we're, you know, just because, you know, somebody's not great in school or learns differently or, or whatever that looks like is totally different. And then we have to really identify what we're hallucinating about that. Like, what are we really thinking that we're going to get if, if we actually get it? And then what are we thinking that we're not going to get if we don't get it? And when we hallucinate, instead of allowing our frontal lobe to do its thing. Because if we don't do this like really intentionally, it's going to go rogue on us. I mean, that's why people lay up in bed all night is because the anxiety, it's just thought, 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 thought. And if you're not matching thought with emotion, that's where anxiety and stress are really created. And so, you know, some of the strategies I would say... You know, and it depends on on where you are in this consciousness journey. Is there are some strategies I'm going to have to help people with just to get to a place of survival or stability, and yeah. then we're going to build on the next layers, which are how do we really flatten some of the you know the emotional triggers that somebody's going to have. That's beautiful, and it, you know, it reminds me too of just storytelling in general. When I work with my clients, it's like, what story are you actually telling yourself? versus what you truly desire for it to happen. So the hallucination versus the reality. And then if you can sit and get closer to the reality of it, then the do, 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 which is going to happen 
anyway is right. going to happen with intention and guide you to do it again because it'll bring you joy, you know, just or or fulfillment or whatever that looks like, you know. And so I really love the process that you do, and it's so awesome that you're coaching people through finding that clarity, but also permissioning in the ability to just sit in that moment yeah. and define it the way you want to define it versus yeah. how you're compared to others and you know creating additional stress that doesn't exist. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I'll tell you, if we choose to consciously push through an emotion, it's going to come back to get you. Yeah. And that's what I just want to tell people, you know, unfortunately in the personal growth space, I mean, bless Tony Robbins' heart, bless a lot of the coaches out there's heart that that want to change your state. It's going to come back. Like a lot of times it's about sitting in the state with discomfort, learning how to lean in to whatever that is that you're feeling and then being able to kind of move out of it because it it just it's just stores in us and you know it, it really does and there's definitely value like if somebody's wallowing in self-pity or wallowing in procrastination or some of these other things like there is disruption that needs to occur but usually those are coming because there's some deeper healing that needs to occur yeah what I appreciate about, because um, you mentioned him, Tony Robbins' effort on on helping you realize what a changed state would feel like. Yes, you know, like so there is yes. there, there is a power in that in saying like, okay, what if it could feel like this always, so that you at least know what's on the other side. Yes. Because depending on how deep rooted your situation is, you know, especially if you gear more towards on the negative and not necessarily the action to step forward. Sometimes those lessons in state management are great just to see, oh, this is what's possible. To sustain it is the method that uh, it's great that you share because it's, it, it's trigger management, obviously. And then it's a matter of sustainability. It's because it's going to show up again. Like I still have triggers that I manage through every single day, as much as I'm helping other people, you know, achieve greatness and all that, but it's real. It's human. I doubt myself all the time. I have a critical mind that loves gremlin. I call it. It just like lives in my brain that I have to manage through to get to sustain the state that I know I can choose to be within. You know, right. so it's lovely that you create those practices for folk and continue to evolve in your impact. You know, so tell me a little bit about big voices and the goal of empowerment you have behind that yeah, program so and book. Big voices, to be honest with you, was written. I've been asked by so many people, like, who was your audience that you wrote it for? You know, thinking it was a business project. And honestly, it was a purpose project that allowed me to heal a lot of the areas that I needed to and just really just get out a lot of the you know preferred methods of self sabotage that so many of us are going through and you know when I was able to to really get those out and start sharing them with people I mean it's unbelievable how many people will just say I didn't realize how many other people were in that same boat yeah. I mean when you look at you know I'm not sure if you caught that most recent UCLA study on loneliness but they reported 50% of people are lonely 
And when you look at a statistic like that, you know, loneliness is one of the major blocks to actualizing your potential that anyone needs to get through. But we don't want to have that conversation, like you just said, with all the humility in the world, that you still struggle with doubt. Well, a lot of people would say, how can I impact somebody else's life if I struggle with it? It's why you can impact somebody else's life. It's our willingness to be, you know, ultimately vulnerable. And, you know, I just want to be a loud voice out there. You know, I'm a mom. I am, you know, somebody that's in business. I, I get the struggle of balance and whatnot. And I really look at the states that women especially are in the United States today. And I see us as being this huge, powerful vehicle that could change the world if we unite. And, and what's happening is that we're not uniting because we're in competition with one another, whether it's the stay-at-home moms versus the working moms or you know people that are in a corporate environment that believe if somebody else wins, they lose. And I believe that we need to create a better you know, plan for us to do both. We haven't let go of so many of the things that we need to let go of in order to experience balance. And so I just want to wake people up to the idea that we can create whatever life we want. And the challenge that I really see, especially in the goal planning world, especially in the achievement world, is that 99% of the platforms that are out there are are focused on masculine energy. So what happens is women burn out like day 30, day 60, because they're so focused on doing, which is their masculine energy instead of on being. And we don't have a lot of role models to look to and say, wow, with her feminine power, she gracefully led this company or this state or this nation as being you know people out there so i think that we really need to a give ourselves permission to explore the possibility that we might actually have a lot more feminine power than we're using and and then we can start using it because i i think that's where we're going to change things I mean, I look at the number of things that we're enduring in this country right now, just childhood obesity. Like just take that one simple area. Women are the ones that can change that. We're the ones that are responsible for what our children are eating the majority of the time. But because we're exhausted and or don't want to argue with our kids. I mean, I get it every single week. Mom, can we go to Chick-fil-A? Mom, can we go to Chick-fil-A? And it's just, no, 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 no. You know, I'm okay if you don't like me because we're not going to eat fast food all the time. But just that simple thing, we're just burnt out. So how do we get to a place where we have maximum energy so that we can start looking at some of these core major challenges that face this country and recognize that businesses and the government are grossly taking advantage of our fatigue. Mm. And I, you know, I think it's also uh, an up leveling in our communication skills. Um, yes. Not just women, all everybody, and in finding the synergy in each of us between the masculine and feminine energy. Yes. You know, that's what I truly believe, and it's what I work towards. Because I remember a time. I had to be in a masculine stance to survive. Like you had to, yes. to be successful in business. Um, you, it was an emulation of behavior is what I was taught in order to enter a room, in order to be taken seriously. I also had to mask my body 
and I'll explain what that means, in order to allow my brain to stay in the masculine state of mind and not allow uh, the feminine attraction, you know, like to, to show my feminine side to get the wrong attention yeah. in those rooms. So I was always overweight. I was always wearing like big clothes that didn't show my shape because I developed super young, have a curvy figure <laughs> that I'm proud of now, but for yeah. many years, for many years, yeah. had to mask it. And then also forcing myself into a masculine energy to survive created very self high level of self-sabotage behaviors that did break me. I ended up in the ER. I ended up, you know, um, pushing through the business initiatives and the company strategic goals that I was working for over my own health. Yeah. You know, so that fatigue you're talking about, yes, is an overwhelm, but I also feel like there needs to be a new level of communication and also a new level of what measurement looks like, you know, because the, the comparison environment we're in is such a, um, excuse my French shit show right now, like with what you see, <laughs> with what you see on now with all the digital age and, and like what you yeah. think is happening and that loneliness yeah. you're talking about that that percentage of how many people have a lack of connection when we're supposedly the most connected time is now because of so-called the digital age, right? Like this, this digital right. function. And for even us to have this conversation, you know, over um, the interwebs and you on your coast, me on mine, I know though, because of our nature, we will connect on a deeper level if we meet and talk again, there's a heartfelt connection because we both have ri risen ourselves up to self-actualization, right? And, and to know that our energies connect regardless. And it's not just about this conversation. It's about the lifetime we have together. Yeah. How many times are we going to intersect? That's a consciousness, right? Yes. But then we think about the, the behavior that's happening that's making a lot of noise in our minds. Again, that story we tell ourselves that stops us from connecting. It Absolutely. stops us from picking up the phone and say, hey, what are you up to today? Let's grab a coffee. I consciously make an effort to message the people I care about that I'm thinking about them. And I will leave them a voice message you know, through my phone because they're all over the world. I'm very fortunate that you know, I have that just to tell them that I'm thinking about you. I care about you. You matter. And that creates that simple connection in that person to be like, oh my God, okay, I'm not going to be that 50% percentile that feels lonely because someone cares and then they will pay that forward. You know, so you touch on a lot of topics I'm very passionate about. And I know that yeah. I'm talking a lot, but that feminine and masculine energy is definitely something I want to create a platform for because it's not just the women too that need to hear how to articulate the voice. We need to change the behavior across men and women to dialogue better and allow the presence of our true feminine nature in both. Men have feminine energy too, right? But for it to show up so that innovation can continue and connection can go deeper. And I love that you're finding a way to create more of that voice for women because I think it does start with us. We, we now have to create a permissioning in our language too for the men to step up into a new level of framework to dialogue within. Yeah. And it, it cannot be one-sided. It no. doesn't work if it's one-sided. No. But for you to em empower these women and let their voices shine, uh, 
you know, and I know you, you always share tools and tips because that sounds like it's your nature on how you grow. You love to share what that is. So tell me about the impact you hope Big Voices has and the platform um, that you're producing so that others can benefit from it. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, thank you for sharing because that's, I mean, you having just a platform like your podcast that opens up conversations that people are not having. I mean, if we really think about the month of December, the number of women that get sick in the month of December and January, simply because we're just doing, 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 and then we're going and saying yes to all of these things that we really don't want to be saying yes to. Um, you know, I have a good friend, Maddie A, who says it's it's called a dirty yes, and it's like we've got to start asking ourselves, and mm-hmm. and that's really one of the the biggest pieces of advice that I would give anyone that's listening today is that. You know, our emotional and physical well being needs to be prioritized over anything else. That includes our children, our jobs, our purpose. Um, for me, I'm very faith based. So God comes first and then, and then that comes next. But when we really do that and we just start to get in this space where we prepare ourselves for the day, that's what I would say really sets me up to stay in a, in, you know, in just that place of joy. And I, you know, I have mantras that I really just embrace, like nobody steals my joy. And so when somebody attempts to regularly, um, you know, I'm just able to sit there and just say, ah, that's what that is right now. And I'm able to use my awareness just to sit with whatever that discomfort provides. But, you know, one of the major things that I really, try to introduce is my thought management strategy. And just to give you a little background, I found Eckhart Tolle in 2004. Mm -hmm. Um, When I first read about consciousness, the first thing I would say is that I thought present was something that you put under the tree um, instead of a state that we wanted to be in. Um, And so for the first year... I'm going to tell you, I probably tried to find his address on multiple occasions because I was already an overthinker. And so now I went from overthinking to like, like really overthinking, like, is this, am I present? Am I not? Am I like, how do I stay in here? It was such hard work. But when I really found like what the depth of it, you know, really meant, you know, I would, I would just never turn back. And so what I really try to encourage people to do is to understand that, you know, like the basis is we aren't our thoughts. Well, the downside is that some of us have been taught to believe that the thoughts opposite of our highest and most authentic self are are the enemy. They're something that we should, you know, that we should try to get rid of. And unfortunately, it's a part of us. Some of those are linked to a deep wound that we experienced. And so as my own personal coach, um, Alana Pratt, which I would you know, maybe you can have on at some mm-hmm. point, you know, really what she would say to me is you're hitting yourself with a two by four, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and when we say that I have this or that, and, and we're, we're just disconnecting from self. And so really getting to this place where we honor um, some of the thoughts that are produced by, you know, our, our little voice or inner child or whatever it is, and, and, and really just get to a place where they don't steal our joy. They don't affect how we choose to live our life. 
We just have to get a little bit more curious. Some of them, and and what I kind of call thoughts in the middle, are ones that, hmm, I'm going to get really curious about that. Maybe that's really coming from some experience that I had that I felt embarrassed or humiliated that I need to go back and actually sit in that so that I can fully process it. Because at the time, I wasn't able to. So like you, I went into the kitchen and I ate a cake or I ate you know, a bag of salami because I didn't know how to process whatever that is. And so, you know, our thoughts can can give us a lot of, you know, basically insight into areas that we might be able to grow through. But we also have to just know for for just, you know, for time management that we've got to come up with knowing what thoughts our big voice says, what emotions our big voice says. And, and then being able to move with those a lot faster throughout the day. And over time, the thoughts of doubt, fear, shame, guilt, humiliation, they will start to loosen in your life because you haven't tried to hit them with the two by four and get them to go away. Right. Yeah. They're not coming to you bruised anymore. They're coming to you in a simple moment of reminder that this is something you got to work on. Yeah. You know, that's what I love to see with the those uncomfortable moments, even when I feel challenged and things are showing up too. It's like, oh, thanks for showing me that. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. So oh, thank sweet. you. Yeah. Thank so you for showing me. I just need to grow in that area. You know, yeah. like <laughs> it's just a yeah. very, it's just a it's yeah, if you see them as reminders of uh possibilities to grow and then lean on that big voice, it sounds like, you know, is 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 really a great toolkit, you know, to have as you as you navigate through it all. So I love Yeah, and writing out some of these things makes all the difference in the world. Mm-hmm. Like with my trigger management strategy that I coach to, when you really document the biggest triggers that you ever have, like a business plan almost, right. Um, right. whether it's traffic or lines or your kids or your spouse or, you know, a client that does XYZ, like when you actually like take some space outside of that moment and document it, it is so amazing how the power of that trigger just ends up disintegrating. Yeah. I mean, it really does. But yet most people don't even journal. Most people don't spend any time working on their vision for how they want to live in their life. They don't spend any time trying to create new like-minded you know, relationships. And for me, a lot of this project came down to, I need to connect with more like-minded people as well. Yes. Because I, I mean, sometimes we can outgrow the people that were around and it's not wrong it's not it's not abandonment like we don't need to look at that but we also need fulfillment and deeper yes. meaning and yeah. having a conversation about consciousness with somebody like you is invaluable yeah yeah and it raises the vibration you know it like does. it does that and and it's not and then when you've outgrown potentially like an arena of people that you're you're used to hanging out and a few of you end up going into the next arena together. Yeah. Then there's this level of impact to show by example yes. for, for those. It's not about leaving behind. It's about you know development. That's why they put that word under professional development, yeah. personal development, right? It is meant to get to that next version of you so that you can continue to go through an upgrade and help others upgrade as well. You know, and it, I, I think that's, that's awesome. 
Yeah. And the last pit on that, it's just, you know, so if it's an upgrade, so like, let's say that we're in mansions now, right? Like we have literally just, we're, we're there. Yeah. We can't keep ripping on the trailer park that we started in. I know. <laughs> no, we can't, but we do. And I did it. I did it for so long. You know, I, I used to refer to my former self as my billboard girl. Mm. Um, and I would say things like, I don't even know who that person was. Like I was saying so many things to myself that I didn't even realize like, oh, I, you know, just, I, I would hammer on myself for some of the, the ways that I used to live. And it wasn't until I was in a, a deeper meditation with Dr. Christiane Northrup. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her. One of my favorites, but I'm sitting there and all of a sudden just cracked open like a, you know, like an egg and realized that I was in this space where I had a portion of myself that was like, why can't you just accept us for who we were? Like, why do you have to be so hard on us? And I had never had an experience like that. So it was one which really just opened the door for me into how do I really understand all these aspects of myself at every given age that I've been at and not be so hard on myself. Yeah, I think it's I think it's great. I like to equate it to like version control and software where you know you you know like it, it's always about that next version of you so yeah. it's similar to how our iOS apps on our phones or you know whatever platform you're on there's an upgrade that happens all the time and it's cuz yeah. there's continuous learning that decides what is best to sustain make better or let go and so each time you have a different upgrade and it's the same in life you're making those decisions for yourself and it's yeah. like yeah that was a version for me for me to talk about my self-sabotage years where the cycle was so long before I would wake up and try to do something different yeah. to now my self-sabotage is, is in moments of thought that I yeah. have the right tool set to make um, shorter cycles yeah. with in order to really have that language in my head to tell the appropriate story. Like, what's my truth right now? Yes, I'm scared because of the greatness that might come on the other side. So of course, mm -hmm. I'm going to defer to a past version of me that used to shove all sorts of food down my throat to right. make me feel less wanted, yeah. you know? And, and so of course that's this, you know, so now it's, it's, it's a different type of storyline, but my version is so much faster. <laughs> my, my operating system is that's faster awesome. so that I can process through it faster. And I think um, finding those tools and the amazing way to um, leverage what works for you. We also yeah. come very, we are individuals. And like you touched upon, we have the masculine feminine energies. We have the, the work life that we choose to go into. We have the family life that we choose to desire. And then there's our learnings from how we were parented ourselves. Yeah. You know? And then it's like, now it's like, well, what, what is it that we want to put out into the world? It's consistent. We are a system. It's going to keep going, right? So I love that you're giving methods and tools and just creating a, an em embraceive um, environment because you are in a very masculine in, uh, industry for work, yeah. like working with loan management. And we didn't touch upon that, yeah. but Kelly is a, an EVP at a, uh, and runs a loan management office and, and literally has to deal with high masculine energy <laughs> for work, but can create a synergetic like environment. Yeah. To include yeah. it really is every day. And I think yeah. that's beautiful, you know, because women need to do that too. And so do men. Yeah. You know? Well, that, what the analogy that you use with the operating system, it kind of, you know, in my industry brings up a great, um, 
visual. So I work with a lot of Blackberries and flip phones. Still. Okay. Like that's, I mean, like that's just the truth of what it is. I freaking love it. I didn't even know they existed. (laughs) Because they haven't been required to upgrade. Like they're just so used to using what they're using. And and my focus is helping people change who they're being. That's Mm -hmm. really like, if you look at the basis of my other platform, Foundation to Sustainable Success, which is, you know, a real estate um, and mortgage coaching and training company. Yeah. It is about helping people be different, like actually change their mindset, change their triggers, change all of these things so that they can create goals and a plan and and be able to execute on those, you know, consistently. But as you said, like part of our job is to stay in non-judgment. Like yeah. I've got to be in this place where, you know, I'm dealing with industry executives across um the country because I do so much speaking in this realm. And they literally are are just scammering to find female leaders in the mortgage industry. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I get called all the time because they're like, oh, hey, we need a woman. I don't even know if you're good or not, but like I was told whatever. And so... Yeah, we have to diversify. We yeah. do. Mm-hmm. We do. And so, you know, I'm, I'm benefiting from it. Once I get there, they realize like, wow... This is great. This is, you know, she's really able to relate to these loan officers that want to take their business to the next level or to real estate agents that are struggling. And they have the same challenge that people in other industries have as well. It's just, when do I find time to work on me? It is so easy to get pulled. And and hiring a coach like you, Kareen, or a strategic partner is what somebody has to actually do to disrupt what they've always done before. They just need a disruptor, even if it's an hour a week, to be able to say, I'm going to pull myself out of, of this you know, crazy full schedule that I live and actually invest in myself. And you know, my morning ritual that I start every single day with is, you know, I wish... like If there's one piece of advice that people could roll with, it's just spend time before you pour into other people on pouring 100%. into yourself. Like you've yes. got to, you've got to really do that. And then, you know, adopt some strategies, whether it's figuring out how you sabotage yourself or any of these other things, because unfortunately goals are really just not even worth setting unless you understand what's on the opposite side of them. Right. Like we really need to see, like if, if this is being successful and earning six figures or doing all of these things is on this side, like what's on the complete opposite side? I'm desolate. I can't pay my rent. I can't do any of these other things because so many people appear, especially for you and I, we get, we get the people that do really good for a minute and then all of a sudden they disappear. They stop connecting with you, whatever. And it's because that's what's driving their life is that fear, that doubt, you know, whatever their preferred methods of self-sabotage are. So you've got to you've got to do a fair balance between creating any possibility for your life that you want, but also being very aware of your humanness, of yeah. how you end up hurting you. Right. And and aligning whatever you do to why you want to be doing it. <laughs> you know, like we can get so caught up in the do, 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 do. And then, and, and it is hard to keep up or feel like you have to keep up. And it's almost like, how do you let go of keep up and, and turn into be the best version of me that I can be every single day? Absolutely. And all that I do, it's all about integration. It cannot be one-sided. And, it, and if you have tunnel vision only in one area of your life, 
There's no way to have fulfillment in yeah. because we're not one dimensional. Yeah, you we're know, not. We're, we're 3D beings that <laughs> interact with others all the time. And, you know, it's just a matter of, of how fulfilled you want it to be. I love that because I also share an exercise. I call it the fulfillment factor. And I, and it's literally, and it's so, it's such a practical tool where it's like, take all, take a list, write down a list of all the things, all the things that you spend your time against throughout the week. Just take a, do it, you know, like write that down and then go ahead and score how fulfilled you are when you do that activity. Mm, and if great. it's on a, a scale of one to 10, okay, 10 being the best, you know, one being low, anything that is from an eight to 10, put that at the top of your list every single day and you will have a higher fulfilled life. Anything yeah. under eight, you got to find some, something else to do with that thing. Yeah. Because, and, and delegation is key, you know, as you become, uh, uh, when you move into self-actualization, which is what, you know, the phase of life you're in now and why you are so generous and giving so much impact to others, there's uh, almost a demand to lead because you, you now want to impact in a way that's repeatable, that creates exponential growth, that has that ripple effect, right? Yeah. And so if you don't do the practices like you're saying in the morning where you fill your cup first in order to splash it around to everybody else the rest of the day, then it is an unfulfilled day. Absolutely. And, and it can be one moment in that day where you're giving to someone else, yeah. you know, something. But yeah. luckily as, as high achievers as we are, right? Because then there's that other state of us. It's just now at a different level and it's focused on impact and it comes from a spiritual growth place versus yes. potentially tangible things that fill the lining of our pockets. Ultimately, yeah. it translates to that because we're so smart to integrate the two. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, we can, we can be purpose-driven and prospering simultaneously. 100%. And, yeah, and, and, yeah. and that's what happens, I think, sometimes with creatives that are out there. They just have never developed a recipe for prospering. And so it's tough for them. And then they struggle yeah. and they resent a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, and just something that you said, one of the tips that I just always try to, to let people know when you really start to identify, like, where is your balance between feminine and masculine energy in your life? When you sit down to do your goals and your vision, actually align um, your goals and vision with that. And so I always say, put down goals for things that folk, that are focused on being. And people are like, what does that mean? And I'm like, well, we have to do it on a spectrum. We can't use the same formula for making things specific and measurable and you know, time sensitive and, and, and that type of thing. But what we can do is we can create spectrums for ourselves. So one of the things that I first started with was detachment was on one side and disappointment was on the other. Mm, and lovely. I was always being disappointed. Mm -hmm. because I needed to delegate. And with this type A personality that yeah. I came here with, it was they're never going to do it as good as I would, right? right or I'm right. going to do it faster, better. Um, should I just take it back, which I would have ended up losing a lot of productivity in my business had I done that. Right. And so I just looked at that whole year. If, if my goal is I want to move closer to detachment, 
what does that look like in my life? Well, I focused on it for a year. I focused on how I could be more detached. And it, it was the best year. It was in 2007. Little did I know the entire real estate and mortgage industry was going to implode that year. So it was a blessing. Because it was. I was. So I literally was so detached from everything that I was able to give so much more and ended up being in a place like business-wise that was ideal to be able to just crush 2008. Everyone else was so disappointed that their income went down. I just kept moving forward and finding and seeking new opportunity instead of getting caught up on how how I was successful before. I was able to, you know, just re-innovate and and really get to a place where you know we focused on something different and we crushed it yeah. when everyone else was was not. So I mean and then the second thing about the goals is just, you know, like you said, it's there is displacement, which means as you put energy towards something new, you lose it someplace else. So you have two choices. You either need to make that decision or you need to cultivate more energy. And I love that Brendan Bouchard, you know, philosophy, which is we are the power plant. Like, don't think that you came here with a fixed amount. Like, you got to generate it. And when you're in your authentic power, when you're taking care of yourself, you know, you're honoring your your body's operating system. I operate really well without sugar and without meat. And so that's what I choose to do. You might be totally different. And so we've got to make those choices so that we can cultivate maximum energy. I love this, Kelly. It's like so awesome to connect with you in this way because I, I we could definitely talk and talk and talk and talk. And unfortunately, we're at our time, but it's it's so we'll have to have another episode. Um, I love it. <laughs> I would love for you to first of all, I want to thank you um, for your time and also sharing all your greatness with so many people because it's it's a you know, it's a privilege and honor for me to get a piece of your badass journey, but for the way you share it with others and truly find a life of impact and growth and that that continuum, mm-hmm. you know, only expands itself further. So first, I want to thank you for giving me your time today and also sharing all of you with everybody listening. And then I would love for you to, before we close out the call, um, I would love for you to just share with our listeners the best way to connect with you, learn about Big Voices, um, your platforms, et cetera, just so that as they have questions and comments, which generally after listening, they do, they would love to reach out and connect with you. So how would you like them to do that? Yeah. So if you hop on the website at just www.bigvoicesrise.com, you can sign up for our free blog. I've got videos and and messages that go out quite regularly. And then our most recent program that we're just launching is a course on writing a new story. Mm -hmm. And really, it's just it's an awesome seven-week course. If you want to shift how you feel in your life or you want to change everything in your life, either one, um, it's a great way to just to get started and, and move forward there. And then you can always email me at kelly at kellyresendez.com and would be happy to answer any questions that any of your listeners have. That's beautiful. I'll make sure we put it in our show notes so folks can connect with you. And in order to close out our conversation today, I always like to ask this question. How do you define what a badass is? Yeah, that I, I love that question. I think a badass is really willing to look in the mirror and say, you are a masterpiece. You are always 
growing and improving and being willing to love yourself in spite of any of the mistakes that you've ever made. And you're willing to put yourself out there, not worrying about what anyone else has to say about you or what you're doing. And that is really how I would define a badass is just you've cultivated that inner power and, and, you know, becoming a badass is a journey. Like right now, you might not even be able to look in the mirror and say, you're beautiful. Somebody might just need to start there and just getting practice doing that. But I believe that we should all walk by ourselves, you know, when we catch a glimpse of ourselves in a mirror and just be like, whoa, hey, you're pretty amazing, you know, because how much, how much, Would the world change if that's how we all felt? That's beautiful. I want to thank you again for your time today. And until our next conversation, because we're going to have many. So thanks. Yes, awesome. Thanks, Green, for everything that you do for your listeners, too. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.